0: This is section forty five of Mark Twain A Biography, volume two. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mark Twain A Biography by Albert Bigelow Payne. Chapter one hundred and forty nine Mark Twain in Business. Samuel Clemens by this time was definitely engaged in the publishing business. Webster had a complete office with assistants at six hundred and fifty eight Broadway and had acquired a pretty thorough and practical knowledge of subscription publishing he was a busy industrious young man tirelessly energetic and with a good deal of confidence by no means unnecessary to commercial success he placed this mental and physical capital against mark twain's inspiration and financial backing and the combination of charles l webster and company seemed likely to be a strong one already in the spring of eighteen eighty four Webster had the new Mark Twain book, The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, well in hand, and was on the watch for promising subscription books by other authors. Clemens, with his usual business vision and eye for results, with a generous disregard of detail, was supervising the larger preliminaries and fulminating at the petty distractions and difficulties as they came along. Certain plays he was trying to place were enough to keep him pretty thoroughly upset during this period, and proofreading never added to his happiness. To Howells he wrote, My days are given up to cursings, both loud and deep, for I am reading the Huck Finn proofs. They don't make a very great many mistakes, but those that do occur are of a nature, that make a man swear his teeth loose." Whereupon Howells promptly wrote him that he would help him out with the huck-finn proofs for the pleasure of reading the story. Clemens, among other things, was trying to place a patent grape-scissors, invented by Howells' father, so that there was in some degree an equivalent for the heavy obligation. That it was a heavy one, we gather, from his fervent acknowledgment it took my breath away and i haven't recovered it yet entirely i mean the generosity of your proposal to read the proofs of huck finn now if you mean it old man if you are in earnest proceed in god's name and be by me forever blessed i can't conceive of a rational man deliberately piling such an atrocious job upon himself but if there be such a man and you be that man pile it on the proofreading of the prince and the pauper cost me the last rags of my religion clemens decided to have the huckleberry finn book illustrated after his own ideas He looked through the various comic papers to see if he could find the work of some new man that appealed to his fancy. In the pages of life, he discovered some comic pictures illustrating the possibility of applying electrical burners to messenger boys, waiters, etc. The style and the spirit of these things amused him. He instructed Webster to look up the artist, who proved to be a young man, E. W. Kemple by name, later one of our foremost cartoonists. Webster engaged Kemple and put the manuscript in his hands. Through the publication of certain chapters of Huck Finn in the Century magazine, Kemple was brought to the notice of its editors, who wrote Clemens that they were profoundly indebted to him for unearthing such a gem of an illustrator. Clemens, encouraged and full of enthusiasm, now endeavored to interest himself in the practical details of manufacture, but his stock of patience was light. And the details were many. His early business period resembles, in some of its features, his mining experiences in Esmeralda, his letters to Webster being not unlike those to Orion in that former day. They are much oftener gentle, considerate, even apologetic, but they are occasionally terse, arbitrary, and profane. It required effort for him to be entirely calm in his business correspondence a criticism of one of webster's assistants will serve as an example of his less quiet method charlie your proofreader, is an idiot and not only an idiot but blind and not only blind but partly dead of course one must regard many of mark twain's business aspects humorously to consider them otherwise is to place him in a false light altogether He wore himself out with his anxieties and irritations, but that even he in the midst of his furies saw the humor of it all is sufficiently evidenced by the form of his savage phrasing. There were few things that did not amuse him, and certainly nothing amused him more or oftener than himself. It is proper to add a detail in evidence of a business soundness which he sometimes manifested, He had observed the methods of Bliss and Osgood, and had drawn his conclusions. In the beginning of the Huck Finn canvas, he wrote Webster, Keep it diligently in mind that we don't issue till we have made a big sale. Get at your canvassing early and drive it with all your might, with an intent and purpose of issuing on the tenth or 15th of next december the best time in the year to tumble a big pile into the trade but if we haven't forty thousand subscriptions we simply postpone publication till we've got them it is a plain simple policy and would have saved both of my last books if it had been followed that is to say the prince and the pauper and mississippi book neither of which had sold up to his expectations on the initial canvas End of chapter one hundred and forty nine mark twain in business read by john greenman